Good morning, gorgeous. How are you doing this morning? I hope you're doing fantastic. Welcome to this episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Dr. Daff Show. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Daff. I wanted to do a podcast where I talked just kind of casually about some questions that I get a lot on my YouTube channel. You may not know me as well here on the podcast, but on my YouTube channel, I have built a very tight-knit community of women from all over the world and They've kind of seen me grow and develop and change throughout the years. And there was a point in time where I was actually in my program to become a doctor, to become a psychologist. And those ladies actually saw my entire process. And they've also seen me stop working as a psychologist after becoming a mother. And there's just been a lot of questions about why and what I loved about the job, what I didn't like about the job. Maybe some people are just kind of interested in the kind of psychology I did and want more information about that. So I wanted just to do like a real casual podcast, just talking about the reasons why I felt like the career was no longer for me and what I really kind of wanted to pivot into. But I just feel is, you know, more me and aligns with my values and my beliefs. And it's essentially why I create content here on this podcast. Because if I was still working that job, I would not have the time for this, nor would I probably have the desire to reach into your lives the way that I do. So it's a real beautiful thing that God has allowed me to be able to do, as well as my husband. Um, but it's not just for the reasons that you may think. So I want to talk about that. So if this is something that you're interested in hearing about, or if there's someone you know that is interested in psychology or interested in children in the school system, or just interested in healing and emotional healing, healing and mental health, any of those things, then go ahead and sit back, relax, get something to drink, and let's talk about this. So growing up, I live with parents who were both highly educated and really wanted me to do something in the workforce one day. Growing up as a child from a Ghanaian household, Ghana, West Africa, 
you kind of have to have this sort of like serious career path where you become like a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. So growing up, I knew that I needed to be in one of those fields. However, I also had a mother who is a psychologist and a doctor. And so growing up, she would like show me the different things that she would do in terms of like the assessments and all the kind of like geeky stuff. As a very young child, I saw all of the psychological assessments that were given to people, what they look like. I just didn't know what they were, but I I just got to be able to see like what the books look like and what kinds of questions were asked of people and just um, even sort of like how to analyze some of that stuff. I got to be able to see it firsthand without really knowing what it was. But when I got older and I was trying to figure out what career path I liked, I liked psychology because I like people and I felt like it was just very natural for me. But being in college and taking psychology classes, I did not like it. And I felt like it was just too much. Like it was just more than I was interested in. I also didn't like the prerequisites that I had to take. It was like a lot of math. And I didn't want to deal with that. What I did like was sociology. I did enjoy studying people in terms of like bigger groups. I loved anthropology, learning about cultures and why people did things, not just on an individual level, but why people did things as a group, which is why I really also like love femininity and social experiments and just like figuring out what people are attracted to, what people like. That's always been very interesting to me. And I wanted to add growing up as a child, I loved figuring out what made people tick. So I was that child. Yes, child. As a 12 year old, I was passing out (laughs) tests to people all day. Like at school, I would come up with these surveys And I would say things like, what's your favorite color? What do you like that girls wear? What do you like to do after school? And I would just pass them out and I would keep it in a shoebox under my bed. And I would have like stacks of assessments from my friends and from other kids at school. And I would just go through and read it. And I would tally up like what everyone's saying. It was so much fun to me. So that's why I actually enjoyed sociology more than psychology. But when I was moving out of like the bachelor's and going on to higher education, I always aspired to be a doctor because my mom was a doctor. And it was one of those things where she always said, Michelle, the doctorate is personal. Like if you want to get it, you're going to have to have your own motivation, your own drive, like your own, all of that, because it's very difficult. And girl, she was right. It was so difficult. And I got into a program where everyone in that program was like just so intense you know being in a doctoral program you have to actually be interviewed you have to be selected it's not like well even for undergrad you have to be selected right you submit your application and they have to decide if they want you but it's much more intense at the doctoral level because only one percent of the u.s population has a doctorate that is like pretty much no one. (laughs) So they want that process to be very vigorous. They want to make sure they have the best candidates. The programs have like 10 people. So you're not in a class with 300 people or even 30 people. You're in a class with like 10 people. It's very competitive. It's very intense. I never felt like I fit in. I felt like I was just so much more free flowing, relaxed. Like I wasn't 
I wasn't aspiring to become a professor like everyone else was. I wasn't aspiring to do experiments in the lab like everyone else was. I wasn't aspiring for any of that. I just wanted the doctorate to be able to have influence to do whatever it was that I wanted to do. And I didn't really know what that was. I just knew that I wanted to one day do something with people. And I love people. So I worked as a school psychologist even before getting the doctorate. After I got my master's and my credential, I started working as a school psychologist. So I figured that this career path would open up something for me in the future. However, everyone else in my cohort wanted to become a professor. And I always told them, I'm not. I'm not interested in that. And they just looked at me like, but you're so good, Michelle. You're so good at teaching. Like, why aren't you going to be? My professors were like blown away that I did not want to be a professor because they felt like of everything that I did, because of course you're writing essays, you're doing a bunch of experiments, you're interviewing people. You do so much in the program, but they felt like my strength was really with teaching more than anything. And they could not figure out why I did not want to be a professor. But I just felt like God had something else for me. I did not know what. I just knew it wasn't that. So I worked as a school psychologist for 10 years. And what that really entails is you being part of a team at the school sites that evaluates children for any sort of special needs. So there is something called an IEP. And this is something, I mean, I'm not going to get all deep into this because some of you have no idea what this is and it doesn't matter. But children who are disabled in the United States, if they fall under one of the 13 categories of a disability, they are eligible to have a plan that helps them throughout their schooling. And it gives them services and whatever they need to be able to access the education, the curriculum, like a typical student. So we're trying to get them on the same playing field as everyone else because it's not their fault that they have a disability. So my job as a school psychologist is to test the children to find out what their areas of strengths and weaknesses are and to help the team to create a plan for them or to say, actually, they don't need this, but they could benefit from that. And there's also a very strong emphasis in counseling. So talking to children who are having a hard time, talking to parents, meeting with parents and children and figuring out family dynamics and creating plans for children. There was also a very big part of my job that unfortunately dealt with students in crisis. So students who were actively in a situation where they were considering their life. And I had to assess whether or not they were able to, you know, be out in society or if they needed to be hospitalized. So there was a huge mental health portion with my job. And at first, I really enjoyed just being with children and being with teachers and parents and just like having a little bit of everything. I'm seeing the same people every day, but not really. <laughs> I'm getting to spend time hanging out and teaching in different ways, but I'm not like managing a classroom. I enjoyed having a job where I get to work at my own pace. I really loved certain aspects of it. But as time went on, I started to see that my job was really about doing something that I don't like doing.
my job was really about doing something that I don't like doing, which is labeling and telling parents, yes, your child is disabled. Your child is probably not going to be able to do this, 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 and this. Your child has to be in a different classroom. Having to break that news to parents for the first time, yes, your child has autism, or your child has an intellectual disability, or your child has ADHD, and that was just completely against my nature because I am an empower. I'm someone who by nature wants to tell you, okay, fine, you have that, who cares? Like you can still do it. That's my, that is who I am. So I felt like <laughs> this, is, this is, this is hard for me. And I was really good at my job because of the fact that that was part of my personality. I was not interested in telling parents what their child couldn't do, but I was very interested in educating them on how to help them reach their goals. But it took a lot out of me and I started to get overwhelmed. As time went on, it really did take a lot out of me because I was expected to do a certain amount of assessments in a certain amount of time and the assessments just kept growing and growing. The workload kept growing and growing. I started to lose that like ability to really dive deep into a case and explore it and, and help because it was just like on to the next, on to the next. And these are people. These are people. These are people's lives. It's not a numbers game and that's what it was becoming and that was very stressful to me and on top of that what made it even more difficult for me was that I started dealing with much more heavy mental health cases and my job started to become me dealing with children who had very serious mental health issues who were coming to me at school they've never told their parents or maybe they have but there hasn't been any real solutions and I'm having to deal with these very heavy situations in a short amount of time and still get all the other work done and again this is by God I was graced to be really good at my job so what happens when you're really good at your job you get more work because everyone knows, okay, we have a super serious situation. Let's get Michelle to deal with this child. Let's get Michelle to deal with this case because they trusted me with these very serious cases. Even some that were not mine got handed over to me because they wanted me to take care of it, which is wonderful. But what happens when I'm not there, which is actually what did end up happening. Um, I had to go on maternity leave because I was having complications with my pregnancy. And there was a very high profile situation with a student that I had to give to someone else because I wasn't there. And unfortunately, that child ended up doing something where she's no longer here. That's the best way I can put it for for um, this platform. And that really broke my heart. Because I was like, if I was there, this wouldn't have happened. This child would still be here. This child would still be alive if I was here. And I can't have things like that resting on me. Everyone should be able and capable of dealing with these hard situations. But there was something more important than that. What was more important than that was that I was dealing with these very serious mental health cases that I believed once I met Jesus, once I was saved, I knew what the issues really were and that there was nothing medicine was going to do that was going to solve this problem. And I knew that I had the answer to this problem. And the answer was Jesus. But because I worked in a school setting, I could not relay that information to them. I could not 
I couldn't help them the way that I knew they needed to be helped. Like I really felt like at that point, my hands are super tied because I'm restricted to the laws, but I know what this child needs. So I found ways to introduce certain things depending on what their faith already was and what they shared with me already. But for the ones that didn't have it or whatever the case might be, I felt very stuck in that. And it was something I prayed a lot about. And by God's grace, like just them being with me and talking to me and having the presence of God inside of me, a lot of them were able to experience so much healing and peace and freedom from bondage because The anointing is what breaks the yoke. However, there's so much more than that. And I was so tired of seeing these poor children and their parents suffering and not being able to give them what they needed, which was spiritual guidance, which was the Lord, which was me being able to pray with them or whatever the case might be, or them going to their church or getting connected with a a certain group. I mean, there's so much I wanted to be able to do that I couldn't do. And it was heartbreaking to see people having to spend so much money to get some pills to manage a mental health issue that wasn't even a mental health issue that was coming from demonic oppression or coming from evil altars or different things that are happening in the spirit world that they are not educated about. And that really bothered me because once you are in the light you're in the light once jesus reveals the truth to a person once god opens your eyes to that there's no turning back i can't pretend like i don't know now i can't pretend like i don't see what the issue is so god had really laid upon my life the education for the psychological stuff and the anointing for the spiritual stuff in the area of healing, mental health, psychology, and all of that. So I started getting really upset, like going to work. I didn't want to go anymore. Like I just started getting really frustrated because I'm like, I hate it here. I hate it here. This is this is crazy. I'm so tired of seeing children suffering. That hurts me so much. And I can't do anything about it in the way that I want to. I can't introduce them to the healer right and I prayed and prayed and prayed about it and thank God like through my pregnancy because at the time that I was praying about it I wasn't pregnant yet I wasn't even married yet but I was already praying to God to get me out of this and um, thank God that once I was pregnant even though I did have some difficulties not with the pregnancy but with my body during the pregnancy that stopped me from going into work and thank God for that. It was a blessing because that's what allowed me to be able to really take what I'm doing here seriously because femininity is something that I've always been attracted to. I've always loved helping women just be women on a day-to-day before my YouTube channel. Like It's just who I am. It's not even what I do. It's literally who I am. But there's so much more to femininity than just being cute and being like joyful and happy and all of that. Like, that's great. But there's a reason why women are not happy. There's a reason why women can't experience joy. There's a reason why a a woman doesn't like being a mother. There's a reason why a woman is picking all the wrong men. Like when I would counsel these mothers and they would talk about their horrible baby daddies or the child's father being this and that. And I would see all the dysfunction all the dysfunction in these children's lives, it was so clear to me, like this marriage or this union should have never happened. 
But this woman had no idea how to select a man. She had no idea what to do, how to choose the right man, how to present herself in a way that would attract the right kind of man. These mothers did not know how to be nurturing and gentle with their children. They had no idea how to be feminine women. And that also alerted me that there is a need. There is a need. And also seeing a lot of the children, the the girls who struggled with their identity in terms of their gender was a serious red flag to me. A lot of these beautiful girls were so lost and their parents had no idea how to help them. And some of them were just trying things out, trying different identities and trying different labels and things to call themselves. But these things were causing them to have mental health issues at 13, at 15. They're so young, they're babies, but they're lost. They have no identity. And I, I knew I have to do something about this. Hey ladies, do you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? According to the EPA, indoor air could be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. And in some cases, it can be a hundred times more polluted. According to the 2020 census report, nearly half the population, which is almost 165 million people, are living in areas with unhealthy levels of ozone or air pollution. And new data from World Health Organization shows that 9 out of 10 people breathe air that exceeds WHO pollution limits, and that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths across the world every single year. And in terms of allergies, airborne allergens are the most common allergy triggers, such as pollen, pet danger, dust mites, and mold. So what's the solution? Well, the solution can be Air Doctor. Air Doctor introduces an air purifier that has captured the attention of established media outlets like CNN, Money, ABC, and more. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so that your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor uses an ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses. Although allergens can vary in size, the average pollen size is about 25 microns, and Air Doctor virtually removes 100% of particles as small as 0.003 microns in size. Their classic Air Doctor 3000 purifier is powerful enough to circulate the air in a 630 square foot room four times per hour. And Air Doctor also features whisper jet fans that are 30% quieter than the fans found in an ordinary air purifier. Air Doctor comes with no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. So head over to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code DAF. And depending on the model, you can receive up to 40% off. So you are saving up to 40% off. Lock in the special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R. PRO.com and use a promo code DAF. Thank you, Air Doctor, for sponsoring this show for all of these beautiful ladies. And so God 
release that call on my life for all the different things that he's called me to and a lot of it is what you see me doing here on YouTube it's not just me just trying to like pump you up to be feminine like this is deeper work than that and I hope that by you being here you're able to see that this is deeper work than that there are so many godly principles entwined in everything that I do but it's also there's that psychological piece of really digging into what makes you you what makes you tick why are you like this because me telling you to smile doesn't mean anything if you can't smile because of what happened to you when you were 11 that thing is what needs to change and yes going to therapy can help but therapy is not available to everyone therapy is also not free and not everyone has the money for it there's also therapists that are not very good and it makes people just completely turn off. There are also people who really just don't have the drive to go to a therapist, to talk to someone they don't know about their problems. There are so many different layers as to why people don't go to therapy. And therapy is great. I, I want you to go to therapy. You need to go to therapy if you need to go. But there's also a spiritual piece. You need therapy and you also do need Jesus. You need the spiritual principles and the spiritual power that anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage on your life to come off. Because yes, you can go to therapy depending on what the issues are. You can go to therapy and a therapist can work with you for five years. And a lot of times, I'll be honest, like even my friends who are doctors, who are therapists, they have clients that they've been seeing for 12, 15 years, girl. This is not something that has been solved. This is a friend that they pay to go talk to at this point, right? So it's like you could have a therapist work with you on an issue for let's just say three years and then the issue is gone. That is ideal. You can also listen to a woman of God, a man of God, go to a church service, just be in the presence of God, be where God is, and you can actually be free of that thing in five minutes. You can. It, this is the power of God we're talking about here. So it's not one or the other. It can be both. It could be one and it also could be the other. It all depends on what the issues are. But that platter of choices is so freeing to people. Only being told that you have to go see a therapist, that you have to see them once a week, and once a week is usually not enough. You have to take pills. You have to be hospitalized. I mean, just so much pain, so much pain in families. Jesus came to set us free he came and he died on the cross for our sins. And we always hear that. He died on the cross for your sins, girl. He died for your sins, girl. And people are like, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? And I listened to a sermon that explained it so beautifully. But he died on the cross for your sins. And those sins, the things that you are doing that you don't want to be doing, that you shouldn't be doing, are coming from an area of pain. He died for your pain. The Lord says in his word that he came, that God sent his son, who is God. He came as a human to be here and die for you, to heal the brokenhearted. He wants to heal your broken heart. He wants to heal those areas in your life that happened, that caused you to be the way that you are. The things that you just don't know why you can't shake. You don't know why you can't just stop having anxiety, why you're having 
same-sex attraction, why you're having addictions, why you're having the need to always watch pornography or whatever, whatever it is, he came to break that off of you. He came to free you. He came to heal you from the mental illness. His anointing, his power is here for you, for those things, the things that are stopping you from living the life that you are supposed to live. And as women, these things are rooted in your womanhood, in your femininity. And you can't show up as a woman God created when he was making you. If all the bad things the devil has planted in your life are what's showing up in you. And this is what I really wanted to work on once God really revealed it to me. Because again, like I didn't know what I wanted to work on. But the Lord used my experience and my education in psychology. And then he trained me. The Lord trained me on the spiritual side, on the, the spiritual aspects to the truth, to work together for healing for his daughters, for humanity. Now, I also did want to be a stay-at-home mother because I believe in motherhood. I believe in being there for my child all the time as much as I can until they're old enough to you know, not have to have me there like that. But that is a dream and a gift from God for me to be able to do this. This is something I desperately desire. But it's not just about being a homemaker. It's not just about, you know, losing my career or whatever. I mean, I don't care about that. Never have. If someone met me on the street, I don't tell them I'm a doctor. I just, yeah, I I stay at home. They probably think I never even finished high school. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's about being able to pour in to that child what God assigned for that child's life because God gave us children as gifts and as mothers we are the ones that really just raise that child up to be who God created that child to be we're the ones that steward that child and pour into that child everything that God puts in us to flow out to our children and I wanted to be aware and available and open to that so that my children become who they're supposed to be Do I ever want to be a psychologist again in the school setting? I never want to be a psychologist again in the school setting. But if God asked me to, then I would because I'll do whatever God asked me to. But I don't want to because I don't think that that's where I can fully manifest myself. But again, that's what he wants me to do. If he wants me to go back and do whatever I need to do there, I will. So I just kind of wanted to share why I stopped and what it was asking of me and how it felt very separate from who I am and who God has asked me to be. People ask me all the time, you know, I give, 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 give so much here, but this is part of God's love for you. This is part of God's love for you. It's, it's him having people bless his daughters with what he's poured into them. When something is from God, when it's a blessing from God, you will see God's name on it. You will see that this is something you don't deserve that God is giving you. When it's God's work, he will allow there to be freedom in it, there to be a blessing in it for the people to be able to just get what they didn't have. Fill in the gaps that you felt would never get filled or find things that you didn't even know were gaps and get them filled by God's blessing. So it's very important for me to serve because that's what Jesus did. 
He came to be a servant. And it's not about me, just like it wasn't about him. It's about you, ladies. It's about the next generation. It's about healing you. When I talk about mental health issues, they are very real. And many people are suffering from mental health issues due to chemical imbalances and different things that are separate from things of the spirit. So I want to really make that clear. If you are having any mental health issues, then I recommend always seeing a therapist. And a lot of times medication is necessary because there is a chemical imbalance. Even those of you who have mental health issues due to chemical imbalances, due to different psychological aspects that are separate from spiritual realities, it doesn't mean that you don't need healing in your heart from the Lord because Jesus heals all of those areas that were affected because of the aftermath of having these mental health issues. And when you think about the Bible and you think about the different people that Jesus healed who did not have mental health issues per se, maybe they had a physical ailment like leprosy or something serious of that nature, like bleeding for 10 years plus, they had these physical issues. They still needed the mental healing, the emotional healing, the inner healing of the stigma, of the pain, of the trauma, of the memories that came from those very difficult issues. So I just want to make it very clear that if you are dealing with anything mental health related that could definitely require medicine, please take it. Please take it. Please go to therapy. Just like I stress in all of my content, you need therapy in the best thing to have, if you can, is a spirit-filled therapist, is a therapist who also can lead you into the arms of God, because both are necessary. And yes, sometimes medicine is also necessary, but it doesn't have to be forever, and it doesn't have to be your only option. And I hope that listening to this helps you to understand where I'm coming from with this, that it is bigger than just one option, especially for people who live in parts of the world or live in places where some of these things really are not an option for you and you feel completely hopeless. There is always one option for you and that option is Jesus and he can direct your path. He can lead you to the people, to the situations, to the programs, to the places where you can receive whatever it is that you need. And that was what was missing for me, was that I could not introduce them to the healer, to the one who can open up the door for whatever it is that you need, whether it be medicine, a wonderful therapist, things to do at home in your personal life, things that can enrich your spirit and remove you from the pain that these issues have caused. It's about helping you to become the woman that God called you to be. And if I can be part of that process by sharing insight, by motivating you, then I'm so grateful. If I can be part of the process of you getting married and marrying a wonderful man and having beautiful children that make the world better, I'm happy to be part of that. I'm happy to be part of you healing your marriage and healing your mind and healing your childhood traumas and everything that has kept you in bondage. I am thankful to be used by God for that. That is what helps me to get on camera when I'd rather be sleeping or shopping or spending time with my baby is knowing that you are real people out there watching this and you really are being changed and helped by this content. It truly does matter to me. And I thank God 
for trusting me with such an assignment. So I hope that this was like, you know, just a little bit of insight for those of you who are curious about what it's like to be a school psychologist. If this is something that interests you, like, I don't see anything wrong with it if this is what you like. Some people really love the job and I see why they love it and they're so good at it and they need great school psychologists. For me personally, though, my convictions and what God has placed on my life, my time ran out. <laughs> I did it for 10 years and it was it was it was interesting. It was good. It was it was interesting. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But I knew when my time there was up, I knew when God was calling me to something different and I stepped into that. And I just want you to know why I'm here, what I hope to bring to you. And um, I love you. but God loves you more Jesus loves you more and the Lord is here to heal and to make you brand new to free you from the bondages of the devil to heal the brokenhearted to bind up your wounds to heal the inside of you the mind, the spirit, the soul to heal you and make you whole make you whole Thank you so much for spending your time here with me. I hope that this gave you a little bit of insight into what I do and why I do it. You can follow me at the Dr. Daff Show and at Dr. Michelle Daff. And until next time, my loves, remember that in all things you do, make a feminine impression. Bye-bye.